Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello, and let me welcome you once again to Maintain the Flame. I'm Keith Collins, and... So blessed to know that you're listening this week, and wow, what an amazing time to be following Jesus, to be serving the Lord, to be advancing His kingdom throughout America as well as into the nations. As some of you know, we um, we do have a, a radio broadcast that we do via shortwave that reaches into some of the parts of the world where it's really against the law to even preach the gospel. So places where the persecuted church is located, and we're so honored to be able to do that each and every week, as well as really reaching around America. So this this program, these episodes that we that you hear week in and week out, um, you know, we know they're reaching, you know, who knows, but thousands and thousands of people. We don't know exactly how many, but we do hear from people from time to time, and we're blessed by the reports that we hear. And again, just just so honored to be able to come into your life, into your home, into your car. Uh, maybe you're walking, maybe you're jogging, maybe you're at the gym, whatever. But wherever you're listening today. Um, we trust that what you're about to hear is going to really encourage you, it's going to challenge you, and it's going to cause you to have a deeper hunger and thirst for Jesus Christ, for the fire of God, for the purposes of the Lord to be revealed and even lived out in your personal life. So last week, I I dealt with the subject that I simply called, really, I... I posed a question that was the title of the broadcast or the the program, and the question was, are we on the cusp of revival? Are we on the cusp or at the threshold of visitation, of revival? And let me just start off by saying, I know that we use certain words, um, whether it be revival, visitation, awakening, um, you know, we use these words um, fairly often, especially people like me that have such a passion for the things of God and really consider myself probably more of a revivalist than, than any other type of, of preacher um, as far as my my style, what burns in my heart, the things that really um, have been created within me by my walk with God over the last 37 years. So, But I also know sometimes those words can get kind of misconstrued and misunderstood. So when we talk about revival, first of all, um, usually revival help happens, I believe, among the people of God. We see this in in the Old Testament where Israel would, would cry out to God after they had gone into deep, deep uh, idolatry. Then it would lead to 
repentance, sometimes even judgment would bring repentance. The judgment of God even would bring repentance upon his own people. And they would cry out, and, and, and the heart cry would be, renew us, revive us, restore us. So so revival is really, it's it's a coming back to life. It's a revivification. It's bringing um, that to being or to existence in a fresh and a new way. And so when I talk about revival, usually I am referring to what God does in this hour in the church how that the Lord um, revives the church. He he brings them back to normalcy. You know, with that said, I do want to say that um, I believe we should live in personal revival. We don't have to wait for the rest of the church to wake us, to wake up spiritually for us to be awake. We can maintain our walk with God. We can continue to steward a passion for the Lord. It doesn't mean we're not challenged. It doesn't mean we're not tempted. But there's a place in the Lord where we walk in intimacy with Him. And as a result, we live in a spirit of revival. But with that said, um, there are seasons of history. And um, there's a lot of things I could talk about here. I don't have the time today, but maybe we'll continue some of this in the weeks ahead. But there are times in history where the Lord in His I call it his loving kindness, his mercy, pours out his spirit upon the land, upon a region, upon maybe a, a fellowship of people. And as a result, there is a, a unique, um, supernatural, sovereign thing that takes place, and the, the tangibility of God becomes real. The nearness of God is experienced um, by all, and it's not something you have to to work up or hype up, or you don't, you know, have to say that it's even there. But but people recognize that that something supernatural is happening. Now, I told you last week, as I was recording the um, the broadcast, that before I got to this broadcast this week of maintain the flame, um, that I was going to be visiting the Asbury outpouring, the Asbury revival that's taking place there, that has been taking place there. And if you've, if you've paid attention, you realize that, I mean, tens of thousands of people have made the journey to Wilmore, Kentucky over the last couple of weeks. Now, they've made some changes due to some challenges that they're having with the, the size of Wilmore, Kentucky, where Asbury is located. It's very small. And, you know, so many people converged on that small town that it kind of overwhelmed them. So you're dealing with stuff like parking. You're dealing with um, um, sewage issues, water issues. You're dealing with, um, you know, just lodging issues. It is a town of a few thousand people and, you know, people needing to be able to get out of the drive. I mean, there's a lot of challenges that that took place because of what was taking place there and what's still really taking place there. So just real quick, and you can go on the Asbury College website, and I'm sure read this for a, a better definition, but they have had to stop the public from coming on to the campus there just because it became overwhelming. On one level, that's very sad to me, but on a practical level, um, you know, I guess I can kind of un- understand why they did what they did. At the same time, I want to just share with you my experience there. Last Wednesday morning, my wife, Darla, and I got up and left Charlotte, North Carolina at 4 a.m. and drove seven hours to Wilmore, Kentucky, and I met some dear pastor friends from Maryland there and their, their daughter. And we, we spent the day there at Asbury, and we got in line probably a little before 11 a.m., maybe 10.40 a.m. or so, if I remember right, and took us a couple hours, two and a half hours, but the line began to move, and 
supernaturally because I really didn't think we'd get into the main place, Hughes Auditorium, where this thing all started um, two weeks ago tomorrow. But we did get there. But but I want to tell you this. Even before I got in there, there was a very distinct presence of the Lord that I experienced, and not just myself. Um, I mean, it was very distinct. There was something glorious about it, and it actually brought to memory my first experience at the Brownsville Revival. At the beginning of the revival, um, I was able to attend, or near the beginning, and got in line outside the church there that first time I went with a dear pastor friend of mine from um, the Tallahassee, Florida area. And as I stood in that line, especially about an hour or two before we went in, people began to sing and worship, and just the glory of the Lord began just to overwhelm me. I mean, it was so glorious. It was nothing that I, that I tried to make happen. But but that same similar experience took place when I was in the line at Asbury last Wednesday. And as as we got into the the, the auditorium there, the the chapel building there, um, it was packed. I mean, it was packed. And again, we were actually some of the last ones to go in and the first wave of people. But we sat towards the back and what was taking place was just so beautiful. Um, worship, prayer, testifying, um, exhortation, reading of scripture. But the thing that really stuck out to me was a few things. Number one, again, the weight of God's glory. I mean, you, it was undeniable. I mean, there was just such a weight of the glory of the Lord that was just hovering in that place, on the ground, in that building. And then the the worship seemed to be so pure. I mean, it was like an acoustic set, like a six-string guitar, um, like a baby grand piano and a beatbox, not even a full drum set. And, you know, a few young people, college students, just singing worship songs into the Lord. But it was simple, but it was deep at the same time. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And the purity of the worship was... Um, I mean, it was really unlike anything maybe I've ever seen before in my life. And I've been in amazing settings where the glory of God was present and lives were touched and the joy of the Lord was sensed by many, conviction was sensed. Um, but there was something beautiful about what the Lord was doing at that time and has continued to do even since then. Um, I mean, there was just such a simplicity. There was such a beauty. Another thing that really st- stuck out to me was the amount of young people that were just hungry for God. Um, Hunger and thirst is a hallmark of what the Lord is doing in Asbury during this time. And and I will tell you that even though they have had to close the college off to the public, the students are continuing. I mean, they're still praying. They're still worshiping. It's still going on, from what I understand, around the clock. And just the the hunger of these young people, I mean, it, it, it blew me away. I mean, I was like, so blessed by it and and i i began to notice um repentance was taking place people were were weeping people were humbling themselves before the lord there was just such a uh an awesome level of conviction leading to repentance as the weight of god's holiness was just so thick in the place and in the atmosphere and it was it was a glorious thing and and i'll say this there there's no way no way in the world that um, a group of students who were gripped with the burden to pray after a chapel two weeks ago could have ever imagined that as a result of their faithfulness and their obedience to the Lord to go back to the chapel and pray and to enter a, 
a realm of, of repentance, that that was going to spark what has now become known as the, the Asbury outpouring 2023. Of course, Asbury has had visitations of the Lord similar to this. Um, the last one that we really know about was 1970. And even though it didn't really get the attention as far as the country was concerned, like this one has, and that, of course, is due to social media and I think maybe you've seen it, but even Fox News has ran stories on it and MSNBC. Actually, I read something that they ran on it. So, But, of course, back in the 70s, there's no social media, so forth and so on, and really it was more of a, a student and faculty thing. However, it lasted for um I don't know, four or five days, if I remember right. And then even as far back as 1905, Asbury has had outpourings of the Lord and even more, um, you know, between 05 and 1970. But, but this one, this one, I don't know. It's, 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 it's amazing to me for a few reasons. Number one, because the way that it was birthed, um, you know, just a group of humble, hungry, desperate students, um, that the Lord used that. Number two, that it's happening. In the midst of such a postmodern um, culture that we find ourselves in, where there's so much emphasis on turning away from God and turning away from the teachings of the Bible, and we we find ourselves in the midst of what we now call cancel culture or wokeism, and you know things that in 1970 would that would have been normal, like you know back in 1970. Um, if you were to ask most people, um, not everybody, but you know, mo- even though they were in the midst of the the hippie kind of revolution rebellion thing back in that time, still a large part of America's population would have considered themselves to be, um, you know, those people that embraced Judeo Christian beliefs and values and traditions. And we've we've come from that to now we have a few generations, millennials. Generation Z, Generation Alpha, that, you know, many of them do not even claim to believe in God or to have um, uh, a Christian or, I'll say it this way, a, a, a solid biblical worldview. And a lot of this is because of education. It's because of entertainment. It's because of the culture that that we live in and, and so as a result we've just seen the the disintegration of the family we we've seen marriage um that for you know for years and years and years marriage was a man and a woman of course that's what the bible shows us but now we've seen the the attack on marriage we we've seen you know the the mil- tens of millions of babies that have been aborted and and now we've got issues like the transgender thing that's taking place and i mean it's just it's is it's a culture that is godless on so many levels and in the midst of that i know there's been faithful people praying and asking god to move and so forth and so on and i'll i'll talk a little bit a little bit more about that in a few minutes but but the bottom line is that um this is not <laughs> the generation that logically you would think revival would fall upon or would touch and and I do understand that Asbury is a Christian college and you know now we're hearing reports of the Lord moving at different schools like Lee University in Cleveland Tennessee and I saw um maybe yesterday or day before Baylor which is a Baptist college in Texas and and different parts of the country where the Lord is really starting to pour out his spirit but you have to understand even on these Christian campuses there there's been such um 
not everywhere, but and please just don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to sound critical, but there has been such a liberal approach to theology with liberal theologians and, you know, attacking the authenticity of Scripture and the canonicity of the Bible and so forth and so on. So my point is this, friend. Um, it is supernatural. It is sovereign. And the fact that the Lord is doing it in this culture shows me one thing, and that is that God is faithful to his own glory in every generation. And again, with that said, I do also understand that that there are people that have been faithful throughout the years, throughout the decades, um, to, to cry out to God that even in the darkest hours of culture and even church culture in America, which has become so focused on um, production and entertainment and being tolerant and being revelant that we've we've lost our passion for prayer oftentimes we've lost our hunger for for more of Jesus we've lost a burden for this for souls and our heart for missions and you know that's kind of a lot of what the church culture is and we've become really a, a consumer oriented church world in America not every church or not every group of people that loves the lord but but many people it's it's about how Jesus can fix their problems and how a church can make me feel good and my children feel good and it has to be the right feel the right sound the right setting the right building or I'm not interested and in that that culture that mindset among the church I believe has weakened our ability to make a difference in this generation however God in his mercy God in his loving kindness God because he's faithful to his own glory and his own name in every generation is once again pouring out his spirit and again asbury was was glorious i mean i i I didn't go there to get saved i didn't go there to get baptized in the holy spirit i've experienced those i i walk in the fire of god and a passion for jesus but i will tell you that that i'm so glad that i went not because i feel like i had to go but because i felt like god would honor me going and i heard you know a well-known christian leader said that um he went and he visited actually there the day before I was there, and basically he said he knew that God would on would honor hunger and thirst. And listen, friend, I'm I'm the kind of guy, especially if God's touching young people and younger generations than myself. I'll be 55 here soon, um, man. I want to see what God is doing. I want to be a part of that. So I I'm so honored. And I'm so blessed that I went. At the same time. Man, I was just radically blessed and touched and brought to tears. And literally, um, this might sound strange to some of you, but the glory of God was so thick in that auditorium last Wednesday that most of my time in there, I had to sit on one of the old hard wooden chairs. And no, there's no padded pews there. There's no carpet. It's like a hard floor, um, stained glass windows, pipe organ up there. I mean, it's just, it looks like something you would see. And it's, I think the building's like 100 plus years old. And they've not done a lot of change. To it, obviously, so it's not like there was anything comfortable about it. But but in the midst of that old setting, God is moving, and I was so overwhelmed and just so blessed by the level of God's glory that literally I had to sit down for probably eighty five percent of the time because my my legs became so weak and my frame my body became so weak under the weight of God's glory. So again, it's a glorious thing that's happening there, but. But I want to say a few things here in the next few minutes before I finish out here. Um, I was blessed. Um, on one level, I was not really shocked, but I was like, wow. But at the, 
whenever I heard about Asbury. At the same time, I'm really not surprised, and I'll tell you why I say that. Um, for the last, you know, several months I've been out, especially since we've kind of got beyond the COVID fear and now, you know, we're flying again and traveling and, you know, getting together. Most, a lot of church people are coming back together for corporate gatherings or even house church meetings. But anyway, I've been out quite a bit in recent months and I have just observed a hunger and a thirst for Jesus. Like, really, I've not seen since the mid-1990s. And, of course, in the mid-1990s, God really poured out His Spirit upon Brownsville, Assembly of God in Pensacola, Florida. And then you had the Toronto thing going. There were things going on in, in, in England, different parts of the country. God was just pouring His Spirit out. And there was such a hunger. People were gathering to pray. People were witnessing. People were seeking the face of God, you know. And it was a glorious time. And and. It seems like, you know, after that season, then things kind of waned again. Again, some of us kept burning for Jesus, and, and I've, I've never lost my hunger for God and my love for revival. But, but you know, things happen in people's lives, and there are people that were touched in moves of God, and for some reason they didn't steward the flame of God in their own lives, which is sad. Or, you know, maybe they were part of a community that once embraced a move of God and the power of God, and, and now they've kind of morphed into more of a, uh, a seeker-friendly type model of ministry. And so as a result, um, you know, the church in a lot of places grew has grown cold and, and lethargic and spiritually anemic. And and again, I believe that God in His mercy has beginning to st- has begun to stir hearts, and I've I've been watching this. In other words, you know, usually if, if someone has me in to preach, it's because you know they're hungry for a move of God, or or, or they know what I believe because you know I, I burn with with certain themes like prayer and, and holiness and revival and repentance and and missions, and and most people that have me in know that, that that's who I am. So so anyway, with that said, even in those type of settings, I've just seen such a, a deep hunger and such a deep longing. Even in my own family, I've I've watched the Lord touching some of the members of my own family in in much deeper ways than. Uh, um, than I've seen in quite a while, so so it's it's been a um, it's been a glorious thing to see over the last few months how that the Lord is beginning to stir hearts again, and I believe that that Asbury is a it, it's a match that is lighting a fire, and I believe that we are at the cusp of revival in the church and maybe even awakening. In America, does does America deserve awakening? No, but none of us even deserve salvation. It's by the mercy and the loving kindness of our Lord. However, we stand on the shoulders. Again, I, I want to come back to this for a minute. We stand on the shoulders of men and women of God that have been faithful to the prayer closet. They've been faithful to intimacy with Jesus. They've guarded their hearts. They've guarded their eyes. They've guarded their ears. They've maintained sobriety in the midst of folly, even in the church world. And they have... They've held to their post. They, they've been faithful to the post that the Lord set them at, and they have refused to, to waver or compromise their walk with God. I believe as a result of those people, as well as the sovereignty of God, that, my friend, we are entering a, a season 
that's beautiful, that's glorious. It doesn't mean everything's going to be easy. If you study history, and I've taught this for, for many years, decades now, if you study history, oftentimes the greatest moves of God take place in the greatest seasons of, of darkness, whether that be famine, whether it be war, whether it be rumors of war, whatever, earthquakes, and we're seeing a lot of that stuff right now in the hour that we live in. The bottom line is that God oftentimes moves the greatest and the mightiest in those seasons. And and I believe that's where we're at. In an hour of such darkness, in an hour where our culture is imploding, where we promote and celebrate perversion everywhere. I mean, some of our federal leaders, some of the the primary leaders, um, even our president's cabinet, um, you know, flaunt and celebrate their perverted lifestyles. And, and it's something that many people now look at as noble and now they're heroes. And friend, when we begin to celebrate what, what God um, judges by the very nature of his existence and his being, then you can, you can understand that that nation, I believe, oftentimes, or that people begins to experience the judgment of God. Galatians 6, 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. So there is that reaping, I believe, that America is experiencing right now. At the same time, God's faithful to his nature. He's faithful to his people. And he's, again, I know I keep saying this, but he's faithful to his own glory in every generation. And friend, we are in an amazing time. Now, I, I want to encourage you, put your heart before the Lord right now. Friend, don't, don't live in compromise. Don't live in, in um, lukewarmness. Don't hide sin. This is a season to humble your heart before the, the Lord. I was with um, some dear friends down in... Um, Bushnell, Florida, this past weekend at Cross Connection Church, and some some dear friends of mine, Clarence and his wife Merritt Crane, they pastor a, a, an amazing church there, and just the hunger and the fire that that is there, and and they've stewarded this. It's not just something that that happened this weekend because I was there, and another brother was there preaching. But but these folks steward that; they believe in that. But but just being in that setting and and watching the hunger among the people, I mean it it encouraged me and it stirred me. And it just gave me a further realization that we are entering into a season of divine visitation, that I believe those that are hungry for God will be able to carry this fire and spread this fire, this revival fire that the Lord is giving us in this hour of history. And again, I know that many of us have the fire of God and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. I understand all that theologically and I, I live in that. You know, I, I do a lot of ministry in West Africa and in India, South America, all over the world. And, and I've seen the fire of God. But again, I also know that there are times when God visits and he comes near in, in, in visitation. And then these visitations lead to the church being revived and then even a nation being awakened. Like we've seen throughout history, whether it be in, in the United Kingdom, the British Isles, whether it be in like Silcott in India years ago, whether it be in parts of Africa years ago. In other words, we've, we've seen these great moves of God, and I believe that we are right there. I mean, it, it's here. At the same time, I believe we're just at the beginning of it. So my, my encouragement to you today, friend, is jump in. Seriously, jump in. Don't be a critic. Don't be a cynic. Humble your heart before the Lord and allow the fire of God to touch your life as never before. These are amazing times. 
And may the goodness, the favor, the glory, and the fire of God be more real to you now than it ever has been before. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for being a part of Maintain the Flame today. You can visit our ministry at keith-collins.org, also at impactgf.org. We have some exciting announcements regarding our website um, in the next couple of weeks where we're going to be adding some things that will be a real blessing to you. And listen, if you want to stand with us, um, you know, we need partners really because the Lord's using this ministry to touch many. You can give by either one of those websites. So we love you. God bless you. And may you maintain the flame of God in your life and not just maintain it, but may it grow more and more and more in this hour of visitation. God bless you. We'll see you next week on Maintain the Flame. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.